Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. Good morning, everyone. Did everyone do their homework? Okay, you have to leave. <laughs> um, what's that? <laughs> I read the introduction in week one. Yes, you did your homework. Okay, because I thought there was another thing that you were doing, like another. I was going to. I heard a rumor. Yeah, I was going to teach a, a class specifically on jhana um, and make uh, emphasize a few points, but that really is the first week's class anyway. So, um, I just can't decide which I want to do this. Okay. It's kind of, so, yeah. You want to do rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Kevin. So I'm not going to reread what you've all read this past week. Um, and I want to emphasize the book starts with the truth of happiness starts with uh, Samatha Vipassana or Jhana meditation. Um, because that's where we begin. Um, but we, all, we also end there. We end with ever-deepening concentration. So um, let me read this. I'm sorry, I, couldn't, I can't figure out which way I want to go with this class, but I'm going to start here. A follower of the Noble Eightfold Path is quite secluded from sensuality and other unskillful mental qualities. They enter, re and, re they enter and remain in the first jhana. All right, jhana just means concentration. So we begin our meditation this way. The first jhana is experience of rapture born of that very seclusion. We take joy in the fact that we've um, disentangled ourselves from the world, from whatever's going on in our life. We find a quiet spot and we sit. It is accompanied by directed thought and evaluation. The joy of seclusion permeates their entire mind and body. So that's painting a picture of how we should look at our jhana meditation. And it begins with an understanding. Who is that? Mm -hmm. and it was. <clears throat> um, because we understand the benefits of deepening concentration, um, primarily because it allows us to integrate and hold in mind mindfulness, the entire eightfold path. So con deepening concentration is primary for what we're doing, but it's also a counter to the common distractions of just living in the world. Do you want me to meditate first or do you correct the teaching? No, I want to do this first. So just, uh, the reason why, thank you for, <laughs> the reason why is I want us to notice our deepening concentration as we meditate. Furthermore, the stilling of directed thought and evaluation, they enter remain into the second jhana. This second jhana is experienced as rapture and pleasure 
now born of concentration. So what that means is we're noticing that we're becoming more concentrated. And it's important to notice that. Free of directed thought and evaluation, the joy of concentration permeates their entire mind and body. Does everyone recognize this? Am I saying something that you're not, uh, that you haven't noticed in your own meditate, in your own jhana practice, Laura? Yeah, it's it. Yeah, and it, it it's at that point that you've recognized that you're not anymore, and you're caught up in your thoughts. You're you're distracted by a feeling. Take a breath. And so every time you do that, every thank you for asking the question. Every time that you find that you're distracted in your meditation, and come back to your breathing, you're deepening your concentration. You're you're really you're strengthening those muscles. And so off your cushion, you'll be able to do that. Um, you'll be able to do it at will. And you'll have the framework now of the Eightfold Path. Does everybody follow me there? What I, what I notice is these thoughts are just arising and dropping away without me necessarily saying stop thinking. It just, because if you, you just see it arise and then pass away, and it's just, I almost like it like, drop back into a deeper concentration. You start yeah. noticing that you don't have a lot to do with it if you're not specifically thinking about something. It just comes and goes. Yeah. And it, thanks, Dave. And, and so then you're learning that we're always thinking. You know, as, as alive human beings, there's always thoughts being processed in our brains. <laughs> And that's simply necessary to have a human life, but we don't have to be distracted by those thoughts. And so then we, as David is describing, we're able to reclaim our mind when we need it most, which is in this present moment, this moment that I'm living. But in the background, right, our, our, our thoughts are going and we're, we're evaluating where we are. We're, we're looking at this wonderful class in front of us. We're taking all this in, but it doesn't have to be a distraction. So in, in that way, we gain control of our mind. So the Dhamma is, the Eightfold Path is really about reclaiming our minds and then knowing how to think in this moment. But in order to do those two things, we have to have control of our minds, don't we? So it begins and ends in jhana meditation. Furthermore, as rapture fades, they remain equanimous, mindful, alert, and sensitive to pleasure sensitive to pleasure it doesn't mean that we're grasping after it but we're sensitive to it we're we're aware of what's occurring to us but it's no longer it's no longer a um uh it's no longer a reward for us living our lives it's simply a consequence of having a human life they enter and remain in the third jhana which is equanimous and mindful a pleasant abiding with the fading of rapture this pleasant abiding permeates their entire mind and body so have any of you not experience that, even if it's just momentarily in meditation? Just the pure joy of sitting in meditation and being well concentrated? Anyone not? Andrew. I'm not level four yet. 
<laughs> We're getting there. Um, what? How would you describe the the deepest level of concentration in your meditation practice? I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. Well, the deepest one is you know when during the five minute segments that you announce. I'm not thinking about anything except um, my breath. Yeah. And um, that's no. But you know, that happens rarely. Okay. But that, and that's why we're practicing. Furthermore, <laughs> this is the fourth jhana. With the abandoning of evaluation, they enter and remain in the fourth jhana, which is pure equanimity and mindful. Being pure, neither pleasure nor pain is seen. They sit permeated in mind and body with pure, bright awareness. Um, what's that? That that's describing a quality of mind that we can take off our cushion, and and it animates our moment by moment life. In other words, we don't have to be, and we shouldn't be, constantly evaluating what's occurring. But what makes human life most poignant and meaningful is simply to be present for it without the need for anything to be any different. And that takes concentration. Is everybody following me? Am I going someplace where you're not, where you're not following me? Have you all experienced this on your cushion? Jen? I have... Um... So kind of like when you might be, I go to the beach a lot, so, so this is just sitting on the beach and observing like the horizon and like seeing the waves mm -hmm. arise and pass away and just kind of being fully present with that and not needing it to be any different is something that like, I've probably experienced a bunch in my life and that you know in those times where I can just fully be there it's you know the this the sense of calm mm -hmm. is significant but it's not something that I would have recognized without the practice oh yeah but that kind of presence of mind observing the landscape of my own mind is what I can I have experienced in meditation but even during those times I wouldn't say that there's pleasure or pain it was it doesn't arise because that I feel like it might arise but I like it's like I'm not reacting to it it's just like oh there's that yeah because that's that's <clears throat> in the the pleasure or pain is really an external application of your thought, isn't it? You're you're judging something as I like this, I don't like okay, that. But okay. what but what is what is Got occurring it. within yeah. is calm. Right. And so that thank you is another really important point. So that that calm is what we bring into our moment by moment life. And so we cease grasping after things, we cease trying to avoid things. And we're simply present for our for our for this moment in our life, and then for each each moment that follows. 
can I just get a little more granular about that for sure. a second? Um, like I would notice sensations within the body that I would identify as pain, but I'm not upset about that. Yeah. It's just pain. It, yeah, it's or, not, it's not like, yeah, so, so there's, so to say, when it says there's no pleasure or pain, it's kind of like that part, that part of it, I was kind of like, oh, well, I mean, there is, but it's just like, I'm not identifying as that, yeah. So I might just be splitting hairs. No, you're not, because what you're, what you're describing is becoming familiar with being a human being right, who right. has pain, who yeah. has pleasure, who has ambiguity at mm -hmm. times. But the point of all this is to be present for it, but not take any of it personal. So you break it up to a macro level. If you're at work and you're being yelled at and you have five different things going on, you can also be present with it and be calm within. Yeah. And it's not personal. Yeah. And it gives you that clarity then to deal with each one of those situations when things are coming at you fast. Yeah. Normally you might shut down and have that aversion versus this is going to happen whether you're going to stress about it yeah. or not. You know, you can be mindful of your, your speech and your actions. Yeah. So all of this is, is really learning what it means to be a human being without taking it personally. And it takes concentration, does it? It begins with this. So that's why... Um, that's why I wrote the book this way. When I was putting together The Truth and Happiness, which is really supposed to be the second book, but it ended up being the first that I published. And I thought about, do I start with, with right view and take it all the way through the Eightfold Path, or do I begin where we all begin, which is with meditation? And then I just want to say one more, one more thing about um, So this is the basic practice. And I got a question from one of you a week or so ago that got me thinking about something. Um, and I was surprised. The question was, uh, is it, I can't remember exactly how they put it, and I don't want to single them out. Um, is, it, is it like cheating or using a crutch to listen to the guided meditations from the website? Um, and it's not. The, the guided meditations are on the website so that we all use them and use them as part of our daily practice. So if you're not, I really encourage you to, to use the guided meditations, however long you're meditating, because it reinforces the four foundations of mindfulness, which is Tuesday's class. But that's why they're there. So no, I don't I don't mean to. How many people listen to the guided meditations as part of their daily practice? I actually recently started doing it again and right, the rest of you have to leave because <laughs> <laughs> it's because i it kind of helped me it really helped me focus yeah 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 for years right becky yeah so i would i encourage you to listen to the guided meditations rather than a timer or anything else because it reinforces the four foundations of mindfulness. And you can't, you can't overdo that. Um, so maybe I'll, as we're all, can we all just decide to do that? 
or commit to do that during, at least during this course, that when you meditate, you'll listen to the guided meditations. Um, and then I want to talk about that as we continue with this, uh, probably going to be 12 weeks. Um, and I think you'll find a great benefit to it. And you'll also understand and integrate uh, much more readily the four foundations of mindfulness, which is the, kind of the point, you know, to be able to take that off our cushion and into our moment by moment life. Listening to the guided meditations as your practice will only continually reinforce that. So please do so. All right, we're going to meditate and then we're just going to, uh, and I, I want to talk more about it. So notice, uh, and the discussion is going to be on you noticing this ever-deepening level of jhana. And it's okay if you don't get past one or two, but that, that's what I want to talk about today. Okay, so now is the time to meditate. Now is the time to set mindfulness on the breath in the body and do jhana. We are sensitive and conscious beings. The purpose of jhana meditation is to increase concentration by not being distracted by the arising and passing away of feelings and thoughts. Find your relaxed meditation posture. Sitting erect, gently close your eyes and gently close your mouth. And holding yourself softly, gently, lovingly. Allow yourselves to settle into your room, settle onto your seats, settle into your body, and settle into your mind. Notice the sensation of breathing in your body. Become mindful of your inhalation and your exhalation, your in-breath and your out-breath. While remaining mindful of your in-breath and your out-breath, notice that feelings and thoughts arise and pass away. Notice the arising and the passing away of your breath in your body. When you find that you're distracted by feelings or thoughts, Gently acknowledge the distraction and return mindfulness to your breathing. Relaxing your thoughts, remaining mindful of the arising and the passing away of your breath in your body. And we'll continue to meditate for 20 minutes with callbacks every five minutes. Ask or talk about, uh, we'll go around, start with Kevin, how are you? Morning, John. Morning, everybody. Well, I have a confession to make. Um, I never <laughs> have used um, the, the guided meditation, um, but I will during the course. Um, the reason I think I did was because I, I started without it, you know, for a month before I met you. And then even though I knew about it, at first, I you know didn't have the savvy maybe to, to try to find it online. I, I had no idea. I'm terrible with computers. But then I also didn't want to depend on my computer or my phone to meditate. So I thought, well, you know, if I need, if I can meditate for five minutes in who knows in a hotel or a beach or a church or whatever, then I can do it myself, and I don't distract other people. I don't draw attention to myself. And so I just have done it without, you know, I, I think I've internalized um, bringing myself back to the four foundations of mindfulness during my meditation. So the breath, the feelings, the mental fabrications and the mind. 
And um, so there you go. I've been doing it for you know six six years plus. So it, there, that's that. So so I apologize. No, you don't, no need <laughs> but, to apologize. <laughs> but no, um, it's just the way I I did it, and I do reach very profound levels of calm um, and joy in that calm at times. So, um, and today, even with the guided meditation, you know, I guess I was, you know, at times rehearsing what I needed to say or what I was going to say, you know, after I was done and then I would have to get myself off that and then back into my breath again. And I would say I got to level 2.5 or something like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so... I don't know if I have anything else to add for right now, but I mean, just um, I'm glad we're starting the course again. Um, this is maybe my seventh or eighth time going over the book, and uh, I'm glad we're starting this on a meditation. Um, if I had not discovered this, I probably would have given up meditation six years ago because I would have been thinking, okay, my breath, my breath, my breath, why, 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 why? And now I know that there's an eightfold path and that the concentration is... Uh, deepening concentration is part of that path and the path then it also leads back to the beginning of the path and it, it's it's that circle so there you go thanks kevin thank you good morning brian morning john how are you i'm good how are you <clears throat> good um yeah like like kevin i i have not use the guided meditations in my daily practice. I use them obviously when I come to class and when I teach my own Sangha. Um, also like Kevin, I've, I've made an effort starting whenever I started with you guys two years ago to, to hold in mind those four foundations each time that I practice. And each time that I sit is an opportunity to do that uh, and refine that and get better with it. Um, And today, specifically, um, I'd probably say similar to Kevin, I was in the two and a half to three point one range with um, dropping into the to the jhanas. Um, the the rapture and the contentment. I, that one's been. I've had some really, really interesting experiences where I could say, "Oh, hell yeah, that was rapture." Um, but that's that's been somewhat far and few between but you do or i do at least get that 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 satisfaction and that contentment from just sitting and being in solitude um, and having the opportunity to develop the concentration to to watch my state of mind um, to understand all of these things that are arising and passing away um and it just it just took me months to get to the point where I would I would notice progressing through these these jhanas. So it's not something that when you sit the first couple of times you're going to experience it. Um, so I'm I'm likewise excited to be going back through the the truth of happiness. I've I've read it numerous times at this point, and every time I go back through it, I find something different or something that. It's clearer this time than it was the last time. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Tom. 
Hi, John. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I, I find that I, sh I don't have, I, I don't have sort of prolonged periods of concentration. Um, I just think I have, and I, I know everybody will say this and everyone has a monkey mind. I get that. Um, I just feel that, um, I have an especially busy mind. Um, and despite the fact that I meditate pretty consistently twice a day, um, trying to do 30 minutes each time at the moment, I still find that my mind is incredibly distracted. Um, now, having said all of this, um, I, I just find that I get just little glimpses of concentration. I get a second here, two or three seconds there. And I mean, I'll give you an example. I had, um, I was, I was meditating late last night and I had, I meditated for 40 minutes. I was quite stressed about some things going on at, you know, at work and whatnot. And to be honest with you, for 40 minutes, my mind was all over the place, all over the place, monkey mind, just going, you know, and yet, and it took me about 35 minutes into my meditation until I finally had those seconds, those little moments of insight where I suddenly just release and i realized i just entered into right view even if it was just for a few seconds and that for me made it all worthwhile and that for me what keeps bringing me back to to my cushion so to speak is that i get these glimpses of truth that come through jhana meditation i i struggle honestly to stay there and i personally do believe that maybe some people are just are able to concentrate better than others. I, I'm not sure about that, but that's my experience. It's, it's utterly worthwhile. And I think the fact I have such a distracted mind means that I, I know how much I need to do this practice and I know how beneficial it is, but I've, I've just changed. I think over the last few years, my expectations of the practice and rather than judging myself too harshly that I can't hold concentration for several minutes in a row perhaps like other people can and maybe i can't go through these jhanas like some other people can i still get immense benefit from the practice just because all it takes for me is a second or a couple of seconds of of of, of real concentration to realize that all of this baggage i'm carrying is not necessary it's empty as you say it's empty of real substance and and, and, and that's it. That, that's enough for me. And I just keep coming back and I hope gradually I'll, I'll, I'll be able to develop even more concentration and develop even more benefit from the practice. Uh, it's a long, long, long journey, but it's, it's not a slog. It's uh, it's a very worthwhile one for me. Anyway, that, that's all, all I've got, John. Thank you. The one, when you found yourself in right view, how would you describe that quality of mind? Yeah. And like, at peace, at peace. I mean, even, um, even, and I, I really like the, you know, what you say at the end or, um, of the jhana meditation, be at peace with less than peaceful mind states. So 
there's something very liberating about that rather than thinking that you have to be happy or you have to be this that or the other just being at peace with whatever is and sometimes that is what that one or two seconds that i get of of of, of truth if you like is 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 not necessarily the most pleasant i mean it's some often it is pleasant but it's not always pleasant but that doesn't matter because there's a freedom even within the that unpleasant feeling um yeah. which is which is you know really really great <clears throat> excuse me and you you describe during that whole meditation of that of being at peace with whatever quality of mind was arising and passing away and that's really the the um the point you know that we, we were able to reclaim our minds uh, after a little bit of training um and then we're able to recognize it that the natural quality of a human mind is calm it's only when we're distracted by greed and aversion that our minds become agitated or we develop that monkey mind. Uh, and so we're, we're using meditation to establish, jhana meditation, to establish that normal and common quality of a human mind. And when you, when you realize it, you realize it when you're in right view. So, thank you, Tom. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, everyone. Um, Dr. Kevin, you're so refreshingly honest, and I really appreciate everything you said. Um, I think that, like, my meditation was very good today, but it was, as it always is, distracted, and then back to my breath. Like, that That seems to be what it is, right? From and I'm not going to say for me, I think that's my understanding of what it's supposed to be. And you'll have different experiences uh, with the different jhanas, but it's not the goal of it. I, I feel like, and you can correct me, but I feel like the goal is to take the concentration that you're strengthening on your cushion out into the world yeah. so that in those moments where once you did this type of behavior or reaction, you no longer do it, and that you're experiencing life in, um, you know, refreshing and peaceful ways. But that I don't think there's anything about jhana meditation that we're supposed to be setting goals for ourselves, right? Or, or saying, uh, you know, I'm not doing it right because I'm still distracted. I think it, that's what the rising and the passing away. I remember uh, a class, Lorna, long ago, where she made an emphasis and really brought attention for all of us that we have to focus on the passing away, you know? Yeah. So something rises and then it passes away. And that's true of your concentration as well, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so this whole idea that we're supposed to rise and be in concentration and have these different experiences isn't really what it's about it's the being gentle with yourself things rise and pass away and those things are distraction and concentration and it's how you are at peace with a less than peaceful mind that is the goal if we're you know we have all different we've all spent different number of years in and time with this 
it just seems to me that every day and every time you sit on the cushion or you're working through life, it's the same thing. It's recognizing things rising and passing away and knowing that the good and the bad, that whatever you perceive as good or bad, rises and passes away. And it's in that understanding that you're living with this practice. Is that, am I? Yeah. And and what you're also describing is human life. Yeah. Human life arises and passes away. <clears throat> Our life arises and passes away. Mm-hmm. And that and even, even if you're enlightened, it doesn't mean you're never frustrated, distracted. Um, you're not just sitting there, never distracted again, right? I mean, you're just not reacting to it all and putting yourself as the center of the universe. You're just yeah. being present. And that's that's the goal of all this, right? Yeah, and the, yes, and so you're not taking any of that personal. Yeah. You know, any, any aspect of your life, any moment of your life. Yeah. And so the, the counter to taking things personal is concentration, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just being present for what's arising. So. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, John. Good morning, Adam. How are you? John, how you doing? So I think I, I, I think I'm at like a negative zero because <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to this and I'm trying to learn it and the words uh, kind of confuse me, but I'm kind of on the same page as Tom because when I start meditating, it's like I'm thinking about everything else but meditating and concentrating on breathing. So it's kind of like... Um, like I'm thinking about everything else but meditating, you know, and then at like towards towards the end of the meditation, it's kind of like like kicking in, you know, and like um, like Mary said, like the problems rise, but it's hard to pass, you know. So well, you you're able to you catch yourself when you're just caught up in your thoughts and you come back to your breath. Correct. Right. Right. It's, it sounds That's, like you're meditating properly. Yeah, that's John of meditation. <laughs> that's how it starts. Right. So you're doing good. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. No good morning, problem. Jeff. Good morning, everybody. Well, uh, my meditation right now it serves sort of as a lifeline. Uh, I think it was maybe a year or so ago I started. Uh, I, I I I came into the saga during. Uh, your teaching of the truth of happiness and at the time I just recently retired so uh, uh, my progression in in meditation was fairly rapid and very inspiring I guess I might say and recently I went back to work (laughs) <laughs> sort of jump back into the fire and it's been uh it, it's been pretty interesting in terms of how i view, now view what i used to consider to be uh, an everyday uh job um it's very intense um and my my the depth of my meditation practice 
has suffered, I think, I guess I'd say. Uh, it's much more difficult to reach any depth of concentration. But without it, I don't, I can't imagine how I exist at this point. It, it really, it really saves me on a daily basis. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. It, there's almost some ironic humor in, in what I do now because I see myself as an, an, an impermanent self trying to convince others, other impermanent selves to engage in participate in a delusion that we're creating some kind of permanent structure right? <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know that somehow we're now in control of the environment and it's it's uh <laughs> yeah it's interesting i've got to maintain my role i can't break character but uh, <laughs> yeah I, there's a lot of ironic humor even if i'm constantly distracted What's your what's your profession, Jeff? <laughs> Comedian. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a project manager for an oil services company in the in the Bakken oil field. So they're running around poking holes in the ground uh, and <laughs> servicing companies like ConocoPhillips and and so there's there's a lot of very intense technical things going on all the time that literally uh in fact i was going to share some photos with you we have one room that was an instruction room on how to put out uh exploding runaway flaming oil wells <laughs> every time i go in there i think yes the, the world is a flame <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> And even the flame is impermanent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very rapidly impermanent. <laughs> well, I bet you those burning wells get you very well concentrated, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it gets your attention very quickly. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Uh, so I honestly am still, as far as my own personal practice, my Saturday morning with you folks is is the stability of it. Um, but the knowledge of what I've learned so far and what I continue to learn through his um, teachings is profound because it changes the way that I interact with the world on a daily basis and the way that I um connect and it makes me much less reactive um but having said that today in my meditation now i'm three weeks maybe out of out of any addiction that i know of so i pulled myself off sugar i pulled myself off caffeine and and I sat there today in my meditation, just absolutely amazed at how still my body was <laughs> and how quiet and calm my mind was. And I had those moments when all of a sudden I'd notice how still everything was and I'd get so excited. And it was like, 
then it was gone <laughs> because, because I was focused on that thing. And, and then I just bring my thoughts to my breathing and I come back to that peaceful place. Um, but uh, it, it, I chuckled at how um, my, my mind is like a little child, you know, I'm like so excited that I can walk and then I fall down. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I did have a question and that is because I work with um, some folks right now who are um, aging and um, have some difficulty with their breathing. I was curious if how it would be for folks who have like asthma or struggle breathing, if uh, um, what an, the approach would be as I was able to bring my mind and body back into that state of concentration, it's like the further I would go into that, the further it was like way back there is my body resting quietly. And then here's my mind and it's this space here. And and I would like to be able to share that um, uh, because they're in pain. And the lady who also mentioned pain, like I can see the further I go into the meditation, the more I don't realize I'm chilly. I don't realize that I have a little scratch or I don't realize some pain that I have in my body. But it's like back there, um, like I'm distracted by the meditation from those things. So they don't even really exist. And I would love to be able to share that with these folks who are in immense pain. Um, but uh, if their breathing is compromised, how does that Boy, it's a good question. Um, I, I often have, right now I have pain in my body. And I, the pain that I have is almost constant. But when I meditate, which I do twice a day, every day, um, it's still there, but it's not, it, it's, it's not a distraction. It's not describe that you know i i i i I was thinking about how if i'm active and i'm doing something i can be distracted from a pain and not even realize i have a wicked headache and when i'm busy doing something i don't even realize the headache until i'm done with the project and then all of a sudden you know oh there it is um and i wondered if it's like that that's the way it seemed to be today when i was meditating and i could see how that could be a real benefit especially someone who's laying in their bed all day long, they could be meditating all day long instead of concentrating on the pain. Yeah. And, and for someone like that, it might be easier um, to just meditate for a few minutes at a time instead of 20 or 30 minutes, but they can do it. I mean, you can meditate as many times as you want during the day. Excuse me. And, if you can get someone like that who is in a lot of pain or even if they have difficulty breathing, they're still breathing. And if you can get their, their mind back on their breath and away from the pain, at least for that, those few breaths, there's, there's a, a relief there. And it's actually a, a healthy thing to do as well. You know, so don't, don't expect your, um, your patients or your clients to be able to meditate for long periods of time, but anybody could meditate for a few minutes and they'll, they'll be benefit from that too. It's a good question, Sarah. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, 
there's a Natasha here. I think this is your first time with us. Could you come on screen, please? No, John, it's it's um, Nata from Sweden. It's pardon me. It's uh, I'm Natasha from Sweden. Oh, how are you? I'm good. Good. Hang on. Let's see if this works. Um, yes. Hi. There you are. Here I am. Um, I, I, I like what Mary said about meditation. I like um, was it was it Jeff who said he was just getting back into meditation? Uh, mine has been spotty for the past year or so, and yesterday I had news that I didn't want to hear. And today I, I was listening to you, and it's like, okay, my brain is running here and there and everywhere. And then, as Mary said, that too is impermanent. And I know this. I've done meditation for years. But I forgot because it's like, okay, this isn't going, okay, my brain's running. Oh, man, why am I doing this? But thank you, Mary, for, for saying that. Because, yes, it's, it's always a good reminder to hear that even the thoughts that go through your head are impermanent. And yep. just, just knowing that means I can take my focus back to the breath. Um, yep. And like the, the other person said, that the brain is running a mile a minute, but it's only towards the end of the 20 minutes where you go, oh, that's good. Oh, I like that. And then it's like, okay, everybody come back. It's 20 minutes. And you're like, oh man, I was just getting it. <laughs> so it's, well, it's, it's good to be back, John. And I'm glad I'm home on a Saturday afternoon to be here with you. Yeah, it's been a while. So are you going to continue with, uh, take the course yeah. with us this year? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. If I'm, if I'm around on Saturday, um, I was going to tell um, that the, the person who works on the in the oil fields um with his um um oil field on fire room i was at the buddhist temple i attend and they have a a whiteboard by their kitchen that that says the, the stuff that the monks need things we need and sometimes it has like toilet paper or toothpaste because the monks never ask the the people in, in that they come and one day there was stuff we need and it was totally blank and i looked at the monk and i said well look what you've achieved <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you need nothing. <laughs> they thought that was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you joined us. We all this get morning. doing it. Yeah. Sorry? I'm glad you joined us this morning. Thank good to you, see John. you again. Good yes, good to see you too. Yeah. Adam. <clears throat> um, today I was uh, highly distracted. I think I was overly concentrating on, on you know, Trying to figure out if I was reaching different levels of John. Fairly <laughs> uh, really consistently, I think I'm, I, can, I can abide in, in the second John. Um, and like Tom, I get glimpses of the third and fourth, but not any more than that. Uh, but I found like in my practice at home, which is you know, I use it more sort of like as a as a as a relief mechanism when all hell's breaking loose. Mm. Um, I take a few minutes just to sit and breathe. And, and do my time meditation. Maybe it's only you know four or five minutes, but it really, really works. And I find that those little moments when there's just a swirling melting going on around me, that I can kind of when I take I stop, take time to do a little med bit of meditation, I can get fairly deep fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, today was I was just all over the place. It was like calisthenics in there. <laughs> but you still did it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's John meditation. Yeah, it's a Mary said, keep coming back to breath. It was like, here we go. Yeah. And it was really, really helpful as always. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Andrew. Uh, good morning. This jhana subject and teaching is so valuable for us to all experience in some way 
each, each of our experiences through this. And, uh, and a lot of the struggles, of course, are similar. Uh, in, in my case, one thing I found is that when I uh, feel a dis uh, discomfort in the body, somewhere. I, I use it as the breathing as a way of treating that. So when I breathe in, I imagine cleansing air going over that muscle that's bothering me. And then I breathe out through my eyes, getting rid of that air, and I bring in more air. So it becomes a, a service ritual, which keeps my mind on the breathing. <laughs> and other things don't interfere, but I'm taking care of what's going on uh, with my mind, with what's going on in my body. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's my routine. <laughs> Good morning, Becky. Good morning, John. Um, it was. I really have enjoyed listening to what everybody says. Uh, when I first came to came to this class and started meditating, there was a, a lot of what I would describe as just the, the feeling of letting go. I mean, you just sit down, you start breathing, and I would be overwhelmed emotionally by the feeling that I would get realizing that I could just let stuff go. I could let it. I didn't have to drag it around. Mm -hmm. And then as I continued, I I I went I I went through a period where I, I'm meditating like this, you know, I'm meditating and I don't meditate and I do and I don't. Now I am I can meditate. I feel like I can get to the second jhana pretty easily. Um, but what everybody has said here has happened to me. Tom, when I first started, little glimpses of what it would be like to be in right view, only little glimpses. And that really kept me going. And then, and even now, I will get to a point where I am complete. I do not know what to do with myself. I'm just in such a state that I don't know what to do with myself. And the only way I can I can deal with that is to go and meditate. And sometimes when I do when I'm meditating in that state, it takes longer to come back into right view. But I usually can do it. And I can actually feel it as I'm meditating. I feel like this, like there's all this tightness here and here. And then I let it go. I, I continue to meditate. I don't meditate thinking, okay, I have to get rid of this. I have to make this go away. I have to get. I meditate just like John says, and I listen to John, and I love hearing John's voice <laughs> in my head, and I meditate just like he says, and I just breathe, 
my mind goes away, I bring it back, my mind goes away, I bring it back, and then finally, what will happen, without my really thinking about it or trying to make it happen, I would feel like my entire mind will just, it's an actual, it actually feels like a muscle relaxing. I actually will feel that. And if I meditate like this morning, when I'm not in a mind state of total despair or whatever you want to call it, just then I get to that point very quickly and I will go a little bit deeper. And then I'll, I'll get to a place where I call, I'm in the place where I have no words, where I'm just breathing and I'm sort of just seeing what's happening, but I'm not thinking about it. Words aren't keeping to coming into my mind. It sounds like the fourth level of jhana. I don't know if that I don't know what level that is, but it's really, really, really relaxed to be there. And um, I've been very uh, not I haven't been beating myself up, but I haven't been meditating enough. And now I'm going away, which makes it more difficult. So I'm really glad to be here today and glad to set my mind on a place where even though I am going to be on vacation, I am going to meditate. And I did that last time I was on vacation. It worked really well, so I know I can do it. And so thank you, John. Thank you, Becky. You'll be taking my phone with your voice on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Bridget. Or whatever it is, there's, there's 
benefit. And it's like we were talking about before about that like self-encouraging kind of cycle we get into is once you feel that feeling, you want to do it again. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been experiencing. Thank you, Bridget. Can I jump in here, John? Sure. I, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to um, thank everybody for their That's what this is great. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been at this for uh, over 50 years, and 45 of those I've been trying to do things that I couldn't. Um, <clears throat> and I really, you know, and the only thing that got me on the right track was, was the instructions. I've been hearing twice a week for <laughs> nine years now. Yeah. Um, so it, it's finally started to sink in a little bit. Um, but yeah, the way the way John descri uh, uh, Tom describes his meditation, that, that goes novel for me. Very busy mind. And even though, again, it's only glimpses of um, those so-called jhana states, um, the, the benefit in day-to-day -day life is incredible. Uh, you know, I can walk into, you know, my, my daily life is walking into at least four situations a day where I'm completely don't know what's going to hit me and um, <clears throat> be able to deal with that uh, and deal with other situations where, you know, all the questions are coming fast and furious and I'm supposed to be the expert. Um, but I can do that now um, without uh, exempting, I can do it without panic, uh, I can do it. Gain control of your mind. And it's it's just control of my mind. Mm -hmm. Knowing what's going on and, and realizing that all that stuff is in front of But uh, I'll try and, and get your instructions daily now. It's in the network. Twice a day. Twice a day, every day. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, well, uh, Everybody's contributions have been very valuable. I think uh, they've all described sort of what Ram just said in the process of practicing jhana. And uh, I don't know if anybody's ever told me, but you are a good teacher. And, uh, <laughs> you seem to be able to meet everybody where they are. I think you and I uh, had a conversation about that. I will also try and emphasize your instructions. Um, as far as what I felt today, I felt mind united in the body um, i'm not looking for a level to compare it to but you know, we all we all experience this as you described you experience one of the four levels at, at times and uh, i want to thank you all for your concentration you're a good teacher john thank you <laughs> thanks Kevin. laura yeah thank you john um like I've been just discussing with a few of the, my classmates, like the, the jhanas, and like Bridget, I'm very, very new to all of this in the last couple of years. They're more just these guideposts. And I was reading what 
you had some of your commentary, even in your commentary, you say that the Buddha, something along the lines of specifically explain these to downplay any kind of sense of achievement with the jhanas, you know, that, you know, and that really stuck with me. It's not what Mary said really resonated with me, too. We're not supposed to be grasping after these mind states, you know, where they're just descriptions, like you say, of what to be mindful of to, to notice, you know, as your concentration is deepening. And, you know, since I'm a beginner and since my mind is kind of crazy and OCD in a way, um, I need, right now, I just, I, I feel like I, I need every single time that, especially with the 30 minute, to hear your voice, the callbacks, and especially at the very, very end where you say, take refuge in your eightfold path of practice, because otherwise, like David always says, this has absolutely no context, you know, it's just, okay, yeah, I'm mindful of the breathing, I'm calm, but unless I have that context, it's kind of meaningless, but that really, you know, is so important to me, and it can bring me to tears, because it's like, that's what really prevents me from doing harm to myself, or doing harm to others, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, having that context, and then David's, um, David recently gave a really great teaching on on right view, and and Mary said something that's been really sticking with me in all of this in my meditation, that, like, I have these points of view every single day that I'm trying to, you know, like you say in the jhana meditation instructions, to acknowledge and, you know, return mindfulness to your breathing, but these are all just points of view that have absolutely nothing to do with right view. Because right yeah. view is kind yeah, right right view has nothing to do with morals or ethics. It has to do solely with like David was saying, the, the marks of existence, the characteristics of ours, like impermanence, not self. This is not me, this is not who I am, it's not mine. So it's just all of these things, the teaching today, the guided meditations, because I'm a beginner, I need that. And then with these teachings on right view, everything is really starting to come together. So I wanted to thank everyone for helping me get through this journey. Thank you. <clears throat> Jennifer, good to see you. Thank you for teaching. Good to be here. Um, yeah, did know what Tom said? Um, although I, I can't claim 35 or 40 minutes, but everything else, yeah, I'm having that experience. But <clears throat> but I retain the understanding of what it does for me, even though I'm, you know, distracted. Like I've, I've removed the expectation mm. from the in my practice. So I'm, I'm free from that. And I am able to see the value of whatever my meditation is, you know, coming back and doing it because when I'm off the cushion, I am I am able to notice when I'm not in right view. Mm-hmm. And to come back to right view. I'm able to see the quality of my mind and catch it. 
so much faster and um, and question that model. You know, it didn't before, it just spun off and everything. And it, it's amazing to have lived decades in this, you know, in delusion, you know, and to be able to, to see that, mm-hmm. you know, in little things or big things, whatever, you know, just, you know, um, the value of that is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I hit other levels of jhana, and like Bridget, I don't understand that quite yet. Um, that's great, but right now what we're experiencing is huge. Okay. You know, it's not, it's, it's more really huge and freeing, even when I'm in the midst of it, you know, knowing that, wow, you know, yeah. I can switch back to right view and just the heck up. Okay, and that, that shows deepening concentration that you're able to notice it. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is the point, isn't it? Yeah. And it's an aspect of, of regaining control of your mind. Just the, the experience of that. It's, yeah. yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Thank you. David. This is why I come here. Because I was on here. Just more I'm saying about context. I can't think of John without being in context to the vocab. Not even like talking about it because veers into eye making if you're describing the meditation. This is never like that asking for it. But when I put it into context, then it all makes sense because without that deepening concentration, the mindfulness that you're trying to develop just can't take place. Yeah. Which each one of you is describing your awareness of where you're experiencing the monkey mind deepening. And that's what you know, Jen has always been so wonderful at teaching. You know, the whole point of it is just being aware and building that space and building that cushion of giving you space to pause mm-hmm. and react mindfully. Skillfully. So, you know, in context, it, it all makes sense. I've never meditated to relax or decompress. Mm-hmm. Just, <clears throat> I, had no, I had no desire for any of that. I couldn't meditate when I first started. I think still married cushion and stuffed myself into a corner and spent six months not being able to do it because there was no context. Listening to you, a little more context. Be gentle with yourselves. This is not a level gaining course, a course of insight to the three marks, simply that. Be gentle. Be gentle. Thank you, David. 
Um, I really enjoyed listening to everybody. Um, I, everything everybody's saying was resonating with me. Uh, I think, you know, just to dovetail off what David said, you know, be gentle with yourself is like, you know, you can just be, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm being gentle. I'm being gentle with myself. You know, it is, it is the most important thing. Likely, you think you're being gentle with yourself and you're, I mean, I am, every internal signal that I have, with the exception of the Dhamma, tells me that, I mean, I'm absolutely emotionally convinced that I have the busiest mind. Like if I was able to sit in meditation in David's head and everybody else's head in here, Tom's head, I, my head would be the busiest one. I would win the gold star for busiest mind. No, mine is the busiest. <laughs> but the reality is, and, and that can be, you know, a distraction in and of itself. But the reality is I'll never know. And I've also learned from this teachings that I can't believe everything I think. And so the, depending on the time of day, especially if I've been working all day, I cannot expect to even remember to put my mindfulness on my breath until 15 minutes in mm -hmm. to sitting. Um, I will sit down, I will listen to the directions, and I will be off in La La Land. And then hear the callback, remind myself that I'm meditating, and be off in La La Land again. And somehow, after 15 minutes, there's my breath. And it's available. So... The more times that I practice that and sit with that, I can then be confident that in 15, 20 minutes, you know, all I need to do yeah. is sit down and have the intention, mm -hmm. set the right intention and apply my right effort. And then there is no other expectation that I need to have because it will just come. I don't need to, I just need to apply the practice. I don't need to no. know what it's going to look like. You don't need to keep thinking. And that's there an aspect, <laughs> that's an aspect of the third and the fourth jhana. Yeah, that's what's weird about it is that, and, and then so sometimes I will notice that I am concentrating on my breath with while there is calisthenics happening. And so then I'll say, okay, well, I guess I'm, you know, focusing on my, this is the first shot at least. 
focusing on my breath, even though there's in just insanity happening in there, it's going all over the place. I'm not comfortable. I'm making judgments about how I feel, but you know, at least I'm focusing on my breath. <laughs> You're doing jhana. Right. And other times it's, um, you know, rapture, calm, and the rapture then can turn into another whole story, another unlock. Um, it's not always like that, but it is uh, always a relief and yeah, changed my life. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Uh, a great, uh, a great first class uh, Truth and Happiness course this year. Um, so you'll you'll all continue to meditate twice a day, every day, listen to the guided meditations. Um, and that that second that, that second sit should not be right before you go to bed. Most people want to do it like that, but it's better to do it earlier in the evening um, so you're not looking forward to getting your meditation done so you can go to sleep. Uh, and it's good to do it about 12 hours apart. So I meditate almost every day around 5 o'clock, and I usually am home around 5 o'clock, and so that's my two sits like that. It's a, it's a nice balance in a 24-hour cycle, too. Um, all right, we'll finish with uh, Meta as we always do. John? This yes. Kevin again. Um, I just wanted to address um, what Sarah had asked about before, about people who might have difficulty. Um, I've just been thinking about it. Um, even if you have asthma and you're having difficulty breathing, you're still breathing. Um, and you can focus on, and I think actually I have asthma and sometimes it helps if you just slow it down. I would offer your guided meditations to the patients and, you know, just for a three minute or a five minute. And if they accept it, they accept it. it I think it would be beneficial. You get to meditate while you're helping them. Mm. And I would just offer that and they might reject it outright or they might just say well, this is silly or whatever or they might love it um i have actually um in my meditation sometimes i think about meditating when i'm very ill um say if i even seem like i'm in a coma or i'm, I'm on a ventilator i'm going to have it in my medical plan to have a note by my bed and a phone or something to say meditate with me please meditate with me so nurses will do it or my family will do it or my visitors will do it um, for a three minute or a five minute periodically, if it gets done once a day or a couple times a day, just to put on your guided meditation. And if there's any kind of sentient activity going on in my brain at that time, then I get the benefit of that. And it help, it'll help me come back in case mm -hmm. I'm just like in some kind of la la land of suffering. And, you know, when is this going to end or whatever? So it's just a some sort of a thought. And then the, just the, the final thing, too, and I've quoted this before, um, there is one sutta where the Buddha does say, even in the perfect one, feelings arise. Even in the perfect one, mental fabrications arise. So it's all of us. It was the Buddha. It's We're, we're just humans <laughs> like the Buddha was. So thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Any other questions or comments? You know, right, 
It's Mary. <laughs> right before Kevin, I mean, that was just beautiful what you just said. I think we're all writing that great idea down. And, you know, because we're both in the Philly area, I'll sit next to your bed and I'll do guided meditation with you, Dr. Kevin, <laughs> if anything, God forbid, happens to you. Um, that was really moving. But right before Kevin, Dr. Kevin started speaking, I was going to ask if maybe from time to time as we go through this series, would it be helpful to share more deeply or specifically about um, how for those of us who are successfully meditating twice a day, maybe that would be beneficial to share, like you just said, John, five o'clock, which is kind of around the time I do it before I go make dinner or something, or even um, for, I know Brian travels and has to balance uh, corporate America expectations when you're traveling, as do I. And, you know, just a little thing, how in healthcare, every hospital has a chapel. And so if I know I have to take clients out to dinner or my team or whatever, I just disappear and I go find the chapel and I fit my meditation in. And anyway, I didn't mean to take up a lot of time, but I thought I was thinking the same thing as Kevin, that it'd be really nice if through this series, we can all share what's working and how we're navigating the world. Like Becky trying to figure out how am I going to meditate on vacation? And I know that in the past, that's been a challenge and, you know, just that kind of sharing would also be a wonderful expression of the sadhya. So that's all I wanted to say. Thanks. Thanks, Mary. We'll finish with Meta. So take a moment to become mindful of your in-breath and your out-breath and let that mindfulness unite your mind and your body. And these are the Buddha's words on Meta from the Karaniya Meta Sutta. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. May all beings be at ease, whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you all for a wonderful class. Peace. Don't forget your homework. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you all soon. Thank you for listening. 
I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.